hope in the Lord. This past week I was in Phoenix and I stopped by one of the Catholic high schools. And uh, I was talking to a class of juniors. And, uh, and so I asked them, I said, I work with college students, but I'm curious, you who are in high school, what would you say are like the three biggest struggles that you face? And they just raised their hands quick. They, um, they said uh, pressure for grades in school. They said uh, parent expectations. And then uh, the third person said like relationships, like dealing with cliques and friends and changes and ah, you know. And so, um, and so I asked them this question. I said, what does God, do you have a sense, what does God want for you? And this girl raised her hand. She said, happiness. I was like, yes, you, A for the day, guys, you know. Um, but like God, God wants you, God wants us to be happy. But then I asked this question. I said, so if God wants us to be happy, and there are things in my life where I'm not experiencing happiness, can I bring those to God? And this kid was just like, no. I was like, tell me more. And he said, well, if God is the one who's happy, wants us to be happy, if I'm not happy, then clearly I'm doing something wrong, and I need to, like, figure it out. Um, God doesn't want to hear that. And I'm so grateful for that young man's courage to just say what I think a lot of us believe and act on, maybe even without realizing it. Like, if things are messed up in my life, well, clearly God's perfect, so I must be the problem. And God is just probably a little tired of, of hearing from me, and so I guess I just have to, you know, buckle down and just figure it out. But that's, that's the lie. The lie is that I have to do it that I can't bring it to my Father who loves me. This is what kills hope. What is hope? Hope is the belief that God wants something better for me. The opposite is this. It's like, well, this is what I'm at, and I guess this is the best I can expect. But the more we turn to God with all things, especially those things that, that steal our happiness... When we try to, yeah, the more I turn to God, I believe that's where we find the happiness. Is my happiness found in me and what I'm doing and what I have to figure out in things going well in my life? Or does happiness come from another? Our, our prophet Jeremiah today, he, he talks about this. Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings. Well, I, I thought... Aren't we supposed to trust people? But he's saying it in comparison. Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season. Nothing gets better. Stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes. Its leaves stay green. 
In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. When we are rooted in God, no matter what storms or droughts come at us, no matter how people feel about us, no matter what our grades are, we can still have peace. We can still have hope that God's doing something here, that God has a plan to do something better. I remember our first Newman night of the semester was on joy. And uh, actually, I listened to the speaker, and he piqued my curiosity, so I went home, and I was reading up on, like, what is joy? Like, I don't know, if, if you had to define joy, what would you say? You know, it's different than happiness or pleasure, but joy is to possess what one desires. Like, if you're hungry, I went to a um, Texas Roadhouse the other day. Yeah, so I was really hungry, <laughs> and then I enjoyed a steak, you know. Um, but here's the thing. I woke up the next morning, and I was hungry again. Or I'm dating someone, and it's all great, but then I go back home, and then it's like... <sighs> Is this it? You see, when we, the thing Thomas Aquinas writes about this, that when we seek our joy in earthly things, we're never going to be satisfied. Like money, right? Like, I want money. Oh, I got money. I got a job. I got a bonus. But then it's never enough. But the difference, Thomas Aquinas says, is that our, our thirst for uh, things for desire, our desire longs can only be satisfied by one who is infinite. And so when I find my joy in the Lord, that's how somebody can be joyful even in the midst of great difficulty, even when things in our life are like crumbling. That when I am rooted in God, that even no matter the winds that come at me, that I can still find joy because my desire is God, and, and I want his will. And so this might be an interesting reflection for you, that if Jesus wanted the Father's will, could he have even been joyful on the cross? Well, no, suffering stinks. Why would, how could you ever be happy in the midst of suffering? Jesus wasn't, wouldn't be happy because of the suffering but he would be happy because of the love he feels for the people he's making, he's offering himself to. Like when a, uh, a mother, you know, says, I don't know, say, says to her husband, like, okay, you're going to work tomorrow. I'm not working tomorrow, whatever. Um, I'll stay up with a sick child. Why? Because I love my child and I love my husband. Isn't there suffering? Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> but... But what do you feel in your heart? I feel love. Does that make sense? So, if, so when I recognize that, that God, I want God. Do I want God? Well, God's the one who wants my happiness. I want God's the one who wants me to share in his blessedness, eternal beatitude. That, that I want him and I want his will. And if his will right now is that things are really hard in school... I don't like that, and I get to say that, but I wouldn't have it any other way. 
if, if, if God's will right now is that my two friends that used to be my best friends are now stabbing me in the back and gossiping about me, I don't like it, and I get to say that to God, but if that's his will and I can't control it, so be it. I can't control them. And if, thanks for showing your true colors. I don't need you. But I'm not going to, my joy is not in what these two people think about me. My joy, if my joy is rooted in the grade, you know, I got on my last quiz, like how fickle that is. And so what God wants us to do is to put our hope in him, that he has a plan that even in the, the, the most difficult things that we face to do something awesome. That's why we have the second reading from 1 Corinthians. Our hope is in Christ who was raised from the dead. That, that Jesus died and God raised him from the dead. And that gives me hope that no matter how bad or dead things are in my life, that that's how God works. He takes that which is dead and he brings new life. That's what gives us hope. The hope is in him, not my strength. I can't make it happen. I can't make people happy. I can't make my life be different. I mean, I make choices. And I can choose whether to try to do it on my own or to bring it to God to help me. God, I don't like what's happening, but if this is your will, so be it. You've got to give me strength to get through it. You must have a plan to do something better. There's a story about St. Ignatius of Loyola that one day somebody approached him. He, he founded the Jesuits. And somebody came up to him and they said, what if, what if the Pope came to you today and shut down your whole religious order? How would you feel about that? He would said, um, I would need about 15 minutes in the chapel and then I'd be fine. This whole project I've spent my whole life on trying to do so much good for so many people, if somehow something happened out of my control and God shut it down, then why would I want anything different? Can, can you almost feel the freedom in that? Versus trying to fight against things that we can't change? But instead, taking those things that we can't change and bringing them to God and saying, God, I don't know what to do here. There's nothing to do. I give them to you. But somehow you must have a plan to do something better. That's where we find our hope. Psalm 1 today, it says this, the first psalm, it's telling us something. Blessed the man who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. That's what God wants for us. That as we draw closer to he who has living water to give us, that we will never go, we will never go dry. But the purification comes in, do I want the gifts of the Lord or do I want the Lord of the gifts? And so sometimes he strips them. That's why the, the, the Beatitudes today in Luke's version, how come, how come you're supposed to be happy if you're hungry? I mean, it's, gosh, dinner time even now. You know, it's like, how, 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 how are you supposed to be happy? But it's reminding us that I wasn't made like for food. I'm just going to get hungry and hungry. But the thing I'm really hungering for is eternal, the God who wants to satisfy me. 
And if I'm hungry now or content, well, then maybe I'm going to forget that I really want and need the Lord. And so in God's wisdom and seemingly painful plan at times is he allows us to experience difficult things. Not because he's mad at us, not because we've disappointed him, but because he wants to purify us from our attachment to earthly things so that we can experience the freedom and peace and joy and hope that comes from the Lord.